This shear is dedicated to the Ilu Nishmas, the third soul, the third child that did not make it last year. We should be zochah to only know from good things, and everybody should be zochah to have children and only good things, and easy for them to have child after child after child, and only know from good things. Even though it was lost early on, we should still be zochah to only know from good things, and everyone should be zochah to have full term, full expectancies, and wonderful children to raise them on May of Esmashana. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of David Amalek, how he responded within his own life to a loss. Luckily, at least on some level, we didn't know from such things that the child was born. And then we lost it. We lost it early on when we were expecting. But still, every loss is very difficult, very painful, and we should never know from such things. No one should know from one or two or three or any of them. The, the Pasuk tells us in Shmuel Bet, the Pasuk tells us the, the idea that we should think about so oftentimes we could look at David Amalek's life and see inspiration even in the worst of times, even in terrible times. And the excuse me, the Pasik tells us that David himself also suffered a loss from a very, very, very young child. Let's see the background of the story. Basically, David Amalek, the commentators tell us, asks Hashem, why does it not say Magen David? Even though we know Magen David is a very famous statement that David had shields when he went out to war, and Magen David Adom is a famous life-saving organization like Atsala. But it doesn't say Magin David. It says, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. And it says, Magin Avraham. Why doesn't it say Magin David? So Hashem tells David, the commentators point out, I don't know if it's Rashi or where it's seen, you were never tested in the ways that they were. So David says, test me, Hashem, and we'll see. Hashem says, are you sure about this? No one can really succeed when they're asked to test. We should never be asking for tests. Hashem will send us tests anyway. He shows us that he loves us. But we should never ask for tests. So David asks for a test, and then it leads to the Batsheva and Uriah episode. Basically, David sees Batsheva, and... Um, really wants to uh, to have her as a wife and basically goes about it the wrong way, according to the commentators and the explanation of the story. And basically, you know, even though the, the men would send provisional gets to their wives, provisional divorce documents, technically on some level, it wasn't really a-okay or kosher, if you will. Basically, Uriah is sent out to war and David tells the soldiers to, to hang back. And then Uriah is for sure killed because, you know, he's in fighting enemies and he's the one that's in the front lines. So basically, this was not good on any level. Even though the Talmud says anyone who says David sinned is, is a chote, is a sinner, and not saying the right thing, we don't get into the logistics of the story, if it's right or not. But according to how the, 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 the Navi points out, it's not a good thing. And uh, David, after Uriah is dead, and after she said Shiva, David takes Bathsheba, and then she comes to be his wife, and they have a kid. The Pasuk ends in Perak Yud Aleph in Shmuel Bet, it says, after the period of mourning was over, David sent and had her, Bathsheba, brought into his palace. She became his wife. She bore him a son. But the Lord was displeased with what David had, son, had done. This is one of the most famous prokim in Shmuel Bet. Nassan comes to David and he tells him a parable. What would you do, David, if this happened? Hashem obviously sent Nassan and Avi. I actually, my name, one of my names is Nassan, so I relate very much to Nassan's messages. We should never know from these things or any of these um, Difficult types of situations or tests, but Nasan is an interesting character and he comes again later in David's life, I believe, at the end of his life. But here, Hashem sends Nasan to David to tell him the allegory, to tell him the, the message and to give him some muster. There were two men in the same city, one rich and one poor. The rich man had very large flocks and herds. The poor man had only one little lamb he had bought. He tended to it, it grew up together with him and his children. It used to share his morsel of bread, drink from his cup, nestle in with him, and it was like a daughter to him. One day a traveler came to the rich man, but he was loath to take anything from his own flocks or, or herds to prepare a meal for the guests who had come to him. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. 
David flew into a rage against the men and said to Nasan, As the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. As the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He shall pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and showed no pity. Nasan said to David, That man is you! Thus said Hashem, It was I who anointed you king over Israel. It was I who rescued you from the hand of Shaul. I gave you your master's house, your possession of your master's wives. David had like 18 wives. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah, and if that were not enough, I gave you twice as much more. Why have you plowed, plowed to the command of Hashem and done what displeases him? You put Uriah Dechiti to the sword. You took his wife, you made her your wife, had him killed by the sword of the Ammonites, enemies. Therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you spurned me by taking the wife of Uriah Dechiti, making her your wife. And Hashem said, I will make a calamity against you within your own house. I will take your wives and give them to another man. And you act in secret. I'll make this happen in the sight of everyone. David said to Nasan, I shall stand guilty before Hashem. So we give David credit. Then right away he says, Chatasi. Other rulers said, no, 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 like Shaul. But David right away said, I was guilty. David is the, is the prototype for repentance. We see, he also gives us Tehillim, which has a lot of soul-searching words and talking to Hashem, singing to Hashem and, and understanding what we did wrong. Nasan replied to David, the Lord has remitted your sin. You shall not die. You shall not die. However, since you have spurned the enemies of Hashem by this deed, even the child about to be born to you shall die. So David is told that he's going to lose a child. Anyone that ever loses anything in life, it's very, very difficult. But can you imagine David was told that he's going to have a child and it's going to die, although it was already born. Nasa went home. Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife had born to him. To David, he became critically ill. David entreated God for the boy. David fasted. He went in and spent the night lying on the ground. The senior servants tried to get him to the ground. He refused. He would not take the part, take a food. On the seventh day, the child died. Lo and we should never know from such things. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. They said, we spoke when he was alive. He wouldn't listen to us. How can we tell him now the child's dead? He might do something terrible. When David saw his servants talking in whispers, David understood the child was dead. David asked the servants, is the child dead? Yes, they replied. Thereupon, David got up. He bathed, anointed himself, changed his clothes, went to Hashem, prostrated himself before Hashem, accepting the ruling of Hashem. Then he went home and asked for food. When they sat and he ate. The people asked him, why did you act like this? While a child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that it's gone, you rise and take food? So David answers here in chapter 12 in Samuel 2. While the child was alive, I fasted and I wept because I thought, who knows? The Lord may have pity on me and the child may live. But now that he's dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back to life? I shall go to him, but he will never come back to me after 120 years, really after 70 years. David consoled his wife, Bathsheba. And then they have Shlomo, and Hashem favors Shlomo. This story is a very sad story, but it's one that's relatable for anyone that ever went through any type of loss, especially early pregnancy loss or any loss in general in life. David teaches to us, while we have the ability, we're supposed to entreat Hashem and talk to Hashem and, and try to converse with Hashem, try to see what we could do to try to make Hashem change his decrees. And if anyone is going through anything, they ever have uh, difficulties or someone is very sick, low, Elena, you could dive and you could pray and you say to Helen. But David teaches us after that happens, after we do the morning period, the Shiva and the Shloshim, what do we do next? How do we go about ourselves? How do we continue going on our days? David shows us you have to go, you have to continue ruling. He had to be the king. He had to be a father and a husband to his wives and to his kids. He had to go about, while the child was sick, I had to try whatever I could. While I was going through it, I had to try whatever I could. But afterwards, what do I do? Where do we go? 
How do we go about it? Afterwards, we properly mourn the child. We have to do what we can to commemorate the child, maybe write songs or write psalms or write notes or have a virtual garden for them, whatever you could do. Afterwards, you have to go about and then try to rebuild your life little by little. David was devastated, but he still had to go about. You mourn, you go through the Shiva. Judaism gives Shiva and Shloshim in the year for regular situations, but with early on situations, there's no real format. So you could do your own format. You could give yourself a Shiva. You could give yourself a Shloshim or 90-day period as the book we read, you know, trying to understand why we don't really know why things happen. But David is really a wonderful model to understand and to realize what we should do in life, how we should go about life. David teaches us how we should get things done, how we should go through our lives. So as we see from David, there was a sin that happened, according to the text. Hashem wasn't happy with David, so this was the decree that Hashem gave to David. We don't know why Hashem decrees things against us. We don't know why Hashem does things against us. We don't know why we lose we lose a, a dad or a mom or a brother or a sister or a child. We should never know from such things why. There's early pregnancy losses or miscarriages or anything out there. But sometimes we have to see how we could go about, how we could pick up, how we could go about our life a little bit day by day by day. And David shows us that as it was happening, he prayed and he fasted and tried to be involved in tshuva and repentance, whatever he could for the misdeeds that he could. But after it happened, you have to mourn and grieve, and then you have to get up and go. Then you have to go about your day. You have to rule, take care of those around you, be involved in those around you. And it's a lesson for life. As we're going through difficulties, we have to try to do what we can during the difficulties. Say our Tehillim, Davin, do our learning, keep people in mind, and try to have the Rafua Shalema. Afterwards, Chas Shalom, if something bad happens, something sad happens, we need to give the proper grieving. We need to give the proper presence of mind to actually process those emotions and it doesn't just take a day or a year it could stay with you for life we were you know there are people that go on these groups especially Nahama comfort is a wonderful 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 organization they go through these groups for years some people would come out and even 20 years later because it always stays a part of you and always stays part and parcel of your being and fundamental to you but we could learn from david amalek even if it's difficult, even if it's hard, after we grieve in the initial period and we carry it with us always, we have to still try to go about our days, try to go about our living and our learning and try to be involved in what we can, make sure to stay a part of the community, make sure to stay involved in the community. As we do so, hopefully, little by little, we could feel a little better with going our days, a little better with getting, getting alive in our days to really feel alive. David Amalek pointed out during the whole situation he did what he could afterwards, he had to go back and still try to do self-care for himself and those around us. And that's what we should do in our own lives as well. We should only know from good things. It should be as a chus for the neshama of all and the neshamas of all the losses of all people. We should only know from good things here and in the future and only good things with the coming Mashiach speedily in our days.